Welcome to another edition of Focus on the Kingdom. This is Anthony Buzzard inviting you again to search the Scriptures with us as we continue to investigate what was Jesus' favorite topic, the gospel or good news about the kingdom of God. It's important in all study of the Bible, and particularly the New Testament, to recognize that Jesus was a Jew, working out of a Jewish background. He was rooted and grounded in the Hebrew Bible, what we rather unfortunately call the Old Testament. Did you know, in fact, that the principal ideas and concepts of Jesus are drawn from the Hebrew Bible? And in particular, the book of Daniel was of supreme importance to Jesus. You see, in the book of Daniel, Jesus found his principal concepts. The kingdom of God is prominent in the book of Daniel. And as we've been trying to point out in this series of programs, the kingdom of God is the basis of Jesus' saving gospel. Jesus also found in the book of Daniel his own self-identity. In Daniel 7, we learn that the Son of Man is going to receive the kingdom and rule in it forever. Well, Jesus knew himself to be the Son of Man. Actually, the Son of Man is a corporate figure. It involves others than Jesus. Jesus, you see, extends his ministry to include what in the New Testament is called the body of Christ. Well, the Son of Man is that corporate figure, and not only Jesus, but the saints are destined to receive the kingdom of God on the earth and to rule in it forever with Jesus. That's the simple story given in outline in Daniel 7. You'll find in that chapter 7 of Daniel a wonderful blueprint for the whole biblical story. There's a struggle there between good and evil, and it culminates in the death of that final anti-Christian figure described in Daniel 7 as a little horn. Let me take a few moments to show you the bedrock foundation of the Christian faith as it appears in that famous seventh chapter of the book of Daniel. This chapter 7 of Daniel supplies us with an invaluable blueprint for the whole of our Christian faith as it's later developed in the New Testament story. Remember that the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, is 77% of our Bible and absolutely essential for our understanding if we're going to make sense of what Jesus later taught as the Christian faith. One of the keys to building a relationship with Jesus by understanding his mind is to recognize that Jesus was driven in his mission by what he'd found in the Hebrew Bible and particularly Daniel. The book of Daniel supplies an invaluable blueprint for the whole biblical story. Now, the picture in the book of Daniel is not difficult to grasp. There are hostile powers culminating in a final antichrist. And that final anti-Christian figure will continue to persecute and wear out the saints of the Most High. You'll find that in Daniel 7, verse 8, and verses 19 to 21. Now, here's what the text says in that verse in Daniel, chapter 7, and verse 8. Daniel is speaking here, and he's describing this extraordinary vision of the end time, that's to say the time just prior to the establishment of the kingdom of God, when Jesus comes back in power and glory. In Daniel 7, verse 8, Daniel says this, While I was contemplating the horns, and I have to tell you that the horns in the book of Daniel symbolize political powers, while I was contemplating the horns, behold, another horn 
a little one, came up among them. And now all the concentration is on this final little horn. And three of the first horns were pulled out by the roots before it. And behold, this horn possessed eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth uttering great boasts. Daniel 7 and verse 8. You see, the characteristic thing about this final evil political power, the Antichrist, or little horn, is his arrogance and the extraordinary way in which he mounts a campaign against God and in the same process deceives a vast number of people. Now, in the interpretation which came with this vision, an interpretation given by an angel, we have this information about that evil little horn. The little horn, this anti-Christian power, arises out of what is known as the fourth kingdom, the beast-like kingdom, in a series of four world governments described elsewhere in Daniel and also in this seventh chapter. And so in Daniel 7 and verse 19, Daniel says this, I desired to know the exact meaning of the fourth beast, which was different from all the others, exceedingly dreadful, with its teeth iron and its claws of bronze, which devoured, crushed, and trampled down the remainder with its feet, and the meaning of the ten horns that were on its head. And now comes the information about this anti-Christian horn, the final evil tyrant. And the other horn which came up, and before which three of them fell, namely that horn which had eyes and a mouth uttering great boasts, and which was larger in appearance than its associates. I kept looking, and that horn, that's to say, of course, this final political power, that horn was waging war with the saints and overpowering them, until the Ancient of Days came, and judgment was passed in favor of the saints of the highest one, and the time arrived when the saints took possession of the kingdom. Now, here we have a most significant description of end-time events leading to the kingdom of God. Did you notice that this little horn, this tyrannical evil power, is permitted to overpower and wear out the saints until a certain time comes? And when that final denouement of God's plan arrives, the saints will take possession of the kingdom. They will, in fact, reverse the situation then happening on the earth. They will take over the reins of government. They will wrench that governmental power from the final evil tyrant. And at that point, the career of the little horn, the Antichrist, will be at an end, and the kingdom of God will begin to prevail across the earth. All of this, of course, will not happen until Christ comes back. The Bible is simply filled with predictions of the troubled, in fact, the very distressful times that are destined to happen to our world prior to the arrival of Jesus in power and glory to establish his kingdom of God and to reign with the saints of all the ages on the renewed earth. And so here in this seventh chapter of Daniel, this blueprint really of the whole biblical story, we have the contrast between the raging evil tyrant, the Antichrist, who is enabled by his supernatural evil power to wear out the saints for a period of time. But following that time, that Antichrist will be severely judged, and at that time the kingdom of God will pass into the hands 
of the Messiah and the saints, and they will rule on the renewed earth of the kingdom of God of the future, the kingdom indeed for which we are commanded to pray, Thy kingdom come. Now it makes sense that we arm ourselves with this precious information about what's going to happen in those troubled times just prior to the arrival of Jesus to establish the kingdom. The Antichrist, or the little horn, is the prominent figure who will dominate world politics, at least the politics of the Middle East, and perhaps far beyond that area. He will dominate the politics of the world at that time and will cause havoc amongst the saints, the true believers, until finally he is judged and destroyed by the arrival of Christ in splendid power and glory to establish his kingdom. The story is essentially very simple. After the Antichrist has carried out this final burst of agonizing tyranny against the saints, the true believers, the latter, the saints, are going to be vindicated. The time will come, Daniel says, when the saints receive the worldwide kingdom of God, and all nations and peoples will serve and obey the saints. I am reading there from Daniel 7, verse 27. In the seventh chapter of Daniel, this central blueprint, backbone text of the entire Bible, no less than four times in Daniel 7, we're told that the time is coming when the kingdom is going to be controlled by Jesus and the saints, the Son of Man. In Daniel 7, verse 14, we read as follows, And to him the Son of Man was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all the peoples, nations, and men of every language might serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which will not pass away, and his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. I have to tell you that that wonderful time has not yet arrived. Jesus is not reigning universally. Indeed, he commanded us to pray, Thy kingdom come. You don't pray for a kingdom to come if it has already come. We're praying, therefore, for the future advent of the kingdom of God at the second coming of Jesus. And when that kingdom comes, it will fill the earth with the knowledge of God. The nations will beat their swords into farm implements, and they will go up to Jerusalem to learn sane and sound ways of conducting human affairs. And from then on, the world will enjoy an era of unparalleled prosperity and peace. There will be longevity, a lack of sickness, family stability, and so on, a complete absence of drugs and murder and rape and adultery. And that's the time coming known throughout Scripture as the kingdom of God. In its first stage, it will last for a thousand years, and the saints will rule with Messiah on the renewed earth, Revelation 5, verse 10, and Matthew 5, verse 5, where Jesus said, Blessed are the meek, they're going to have the earth as their inheritance. Don't you know that the saints are going to rule the world? Paul said to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 2, And if the world is going to come under your jurisdiction, he said to the church members there in Corinth, How come you can't solve your little petty squabbles and problems in the church now? Don't you know that the saints are going to rule the world? Paul was working directly out of Daniel 7, verse 27, and I'll read that concluding verse of the seventh chapter of Daniel. Then the sovereignty, the dominion, and the greatness of all the kingdoms under the whole heaven, that's to say on the earth, of course, under the whole heaven, 
will be given to the people of the saints of the highest one, their kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions will serve and obey them. At that point, Daniel noted in verse 28, the revelation ended. As for me, Daniel, my thoughts were greatly alarming me, and my face grew pale, but I kept the matter to myself. Well, I for one am thankful that he did not eventually keep it to himself. He recorded it in this extraordinary book of Daniel, which has been preserved for us faithfully all these millennia since Daniel wrote in the 6th century B.C. And we have here precious information about the troubled times which are destined to come in the Middle East and probably worldwide before the great day of the establishment of the kingdom of God, for which we pray, Thy kingdom come. The seventh chapter of Daniel is indeed a blueprint chapter, an absolutely basic account of the future of our world and essential information for Christians. Indeed, the seventh chapter of Daniel lies at the basis of Jesus' own saving gospel of the kingdom. When Jesus commands us to repent and believe in the kingdom, he assumes that we've understood from the book of Daniel and many other passages that the kingdom of God will indeed be a genuine worldwide revolutionary government to be put into power by Jesus at his return to this earth. We have an article entitled The Biblical Blueprint, which goes into some detail in regard to the matters connected with Antichrist and the subsequent kingdom of God on the earth. Please request this from us and also a tape of the program you've been listening to. Join us again for our continued investigation of Jesus' favorite topic, the gospel about the kingdom of God.